What's going on, Trash Talkers? We are back with another episode for you. Today, we break news on NBA players refusing to play on the restarted season and debate whether or not the players should be forced to play, right? Next, we're going to analyze whether or not MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred is doing his uh, best to and everything in his power to bring baseball in 2020 or whether he's keeping it hostage, says some ESPN reporters. Uh, plus, we're going to discuss some of the news that the NFL Pro Bowl is going to be hosted in Las Vegas. Uh, and then we also are going to go through some of the accolades that ESPN voted for the NFL. All that and much more coming your way right now. All right, Nick, how's it going? How's it How's it hanging for this week? Uh, it's not too bad. It's uh, hey, The weather's been great, so I really can't complain. It's always nice when you're in New England and the weather starts to turn around and you're finally out of those... Uh, you know, eight months of winter. Yeah, the, <laughs> uh, the sixteen months of straight winter. You know, you feel you feel like you've had over a year. No, I get it. Yeah. Um, I I understand. It's it's been nice. You know, summers Absolutely. summers out. Um, where I live, I'm sure you know it's different for everybody that's watching this. But where I live, restaurants just opened up, so fifty percent capacity indoors. Um, and so gyms opened up, like people can start doing things again. It, it's, it's different. It's, it, it's different because it's going back to normalcy. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's one Very of those true. things, but, um, you know, I, I, I want to jump right into some of the storylines that we're, we're following this week and kind of get your perspective on what we're talking about and so forth. So uh, the big headline, right? Um, a group of NBA players, and I believe uh, we spoke about this, there's about 80 or more NBA players headed by uh, Kyrie Irving is one of the most notable names on this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, are refusing to play on the restarted season. What do, what do you make of that? Like, what the hell is happening right now? That is the last thing the NBA needs right now. It seemed like everything was pretty much going perfect. They had agreed upon starting the season back up. Everybody seemed to be on board. And then they give the players the option to say, hey, I'm not comfortable playing because COVID-19 is still around and we've seen in a lot, of, uh, a few of the southern states that it is actually rebounding and coming back in full form that I don't want to put myself in that situation. And we're seeing that from a lot of the top 40 players and having that option to hold yourself out of games because they're not, they're not you know, obligated to be there because given, giving them that option is really making the the comeback of the NBA um scary you know we don't we don't know if it's going to happen now uh, it was looking promising and a lot of these top 40 players uh Kyrie Irving being the uh vocal leader of the group even though he wouldn't be playing uh you know it, it it's kind of scary because there might not be enough players to bring back the season or they might have to you know take some teams out of the NBA uh, end of season slash postseason, um, just because they 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 don't have they don't have enough t- people to play um, an entire you know tournament or you know you know couple weeks of basketball, right. uh, that could be really detrimental to the NBA to the organizations to to everybody. Yeah, um, but I'm, I mean we were all excited for basketball and, and oh absolutely you know and and for something to start to hinder it now you're like come on man like we were almost at the finish line and now you're throwing you know all these all this stuff at us like like let let's bring it home let's work together let's bring it home um, but I I understand some of the uh, you know some of the qualms that they're having if you will 
Um, where do you stand on this? Like, where do you specifically stand on this? Do you think the well, players should be forced to play? Yeah, no, I, 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 I like how it's set up now. They're not forced to play, and I like that they're given the, op- the option to not play if they don't feel comfortable. I feel like that, that creates the best uh, scenario for everybody because we don't want another, um, you know, Rudy Gobert or, um, you know, another player causing havoc, that just being, you know, a goof, and uh, that's going to put other people at risk. So I want people who are there to play basketball and who, who want to be there, not that they're forced to, because if you're forced to be in a situation you don't want to be in, then you're going to, you know, something's going to go wrong at some point. It's bound to happen. And so I like that they're given the opportunity not to play. Um, we're, and, and I can't be told, you know, I don't think we're fully shocked that this is what's happening. We kind of knew this. Um, it was, you know, some players were speaking out, mainly Kyrie Irving was speaking out saying, hey, if, you know, we, we should stick together and not go back even if they want to bring back the season. And it seems like he's kind of working on some players, but hey, if they, if that's what they agree, then then that's how they feel. That that's what's uh the, you, know, you kind of have to live by them. They're the ones who create the game and and put on the show for us. So it, at the end of the day, it is up to them, and I I stand by their decision. You know, I I'm not gonna say I um I wouldn't be any different, or I I don't know how it'd be. I'm not a professional athlete. I'm not a professional basketball player. Um, yeah. It, but I, I agree with whatever, how, however they feel. I'm not going to criticize one or two players, you know, if they if they want to sit this one out. Uh, it, it's their decision. Uh, you may. I think we need to roll with it. You may not criticize them, but I sure as hell will. Um, I, it, they're stupid if they don't want to play. It's it's that simple. I mean, the NBA. Look at everything that's going on, right? The NBA is taking absolutely every single measure to make sure that the players are healthy and able to 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 play and do it safely without any risk of of contracting COVID nineteen. That that's what we're talking about here, right? So let's put it into perspective. Right. If 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 you don't want to do your job, then there needs to be a consequence. I mean, people they won't get paid. They just won't get paid. That they. They won't get paid, but what about the the workers who are at you know say Walmart that have had to work through this entire thing? You, you don't think they've been busting their ass working or the the but you know the, the front players line were given the, the they're not given the opportunity at Walmart. You know they are given the opportunity the NBA. That's just how it was set up. But that and but they, what I'm saying is that there's no reason that the NBA players shouldn't create a united front and say listen we got like you can't leave us hanging you can't leave the your teammates hanging because you know only a couple of you don't want to play i mean think about it there there's what 30 nba teams so we're talking just over two per squad that are saying that they don't want to play I mean, and then, you know, you've got teams that are already out of it, like that aren't even coming back. So what the hell do they matter? Again, Kyrie Irving saying the same thing. He's not fucking playing. What's the pro- Like, why does his vote matter at this point? He's not going to be playing. I don't understand why he should be creating noise for a sport that should be coming back and giving us the content that we've been, you know, begging hey, for. I mean, we, you know, we criticize athletes all the time for speaking out. 
uh, against things. This is just another one of those instances. You know, you can't help that a, uh, an athlete like Kyrie Irving, who's a big star, is going to use his platform to speak his mind. I mean, we're talking you know, he, about the same person who said that the earth the earth was flat. I mean, how much are we, how much respect are we giving his word at this point? I mean, you know, his fellow athletes give him a lot of credit because he is one of the best point guards in the game. And they, they hold his um, him in such a high regard. They're going to listen to what he has to say, no matter what it is, no matter how ridiculous it is. So, and I'm sure he's just being vocal about it. There's a lot of conservative players who aren't going to speak out, who think the same way he does, who don't want to put him, put themselves in that situation. And there are some players who are overseas who probably can't come back. You know, it, it, there are a lot of travel restrictions, so... You know, it, that, that's another COVID reason why they can't come back to the game. It may not be that they don't want to put themselves at risk. They just can't come back because they're but not allowed. That's to. an extenuating circumstance. I'm talking about the players that are tested healthy for and, the, and that are on U.S. soil that can physically... And actually, like they're, they can but be how in do, the stadium and play. How do how do you know they're going to be kept safe? You know, we've seen players with the Texans and the Cowboys that have gotten COVID nineteen, even though they've been at the facilities practicing with other people who supposedly tested negative. Yeah, you know, I mean, what else go, were they doing? the The problem is, is you, that you, you're either all in or you're all out. You can't be half in. Because when you're half in, you're only gonna get uh, you're gonna get a terrible product, and that's the la- like that's the last thing I want to see. If if I'd rather have no basketball than half of the players playing, some not wanting to play and still playing, and then the others just not even there. Like that's not basketball at that point. That's just a bunch of pickup games. You know, I I think there will be. I think a lot of the players, uh, or at least enough, will turn over and and come back because they they want to play basketball. But if if they decide that they don't want to move forward, then we got to live with their decision. We can't get upset. We weren't expecting to have anything anyway, and now that we might have something, and we're getting upset that it might be taken away, you know. You just got to grow up and deal with it. You know, we're, we're, we're not in control of the situation. The players now have the control, and the way the rules are set up, there's nothing anybody can do about it. So just you got to learn to live with their decision. I, I, I just can't imagine uh, that, you know, players who choose not to play, that there can't be any consequence for them if they choose not to play besides not being paid. I mean, at the end of the day... Then the NBA shouldn't have given the opportunity. They, they said it, that the players will not get in trouble if they decide not to show up and play. Mm. That's, that's the, the NBA's fault, then. Be mad at the NBA. Be mad at Adam Silver. I'm not mad. I'm just saying that the, there is a responsibility of the players to show up and go to work. You know, we think of it as a game, right? The game of basketball. This is a livelihood for these these folks, right? So right now they're not getting paid. They're obviously they get paid a lot more than a normal accountant does or somebody who's working in a law office or whatever the case is, right? They're they're getting paid a lot more than these folks, so they they can afford to maybe take off some time. But the fact of the matter is is that <clears throat> they uh, if they refuse to go to work, there needs to be some sort of uh, of 
consequence. And I understand that the the league or the the company that they work for has already put in, you know, parameters in which they're allowed to miss work. It's just now you're leaving everybody else to pick up the slack and you're you're giving the notion that you don't care about your teammates and I'm not on, I'm not on that boat. I like we talk about, you know, camaraderie and, you know, what's the biggest thing that you see in, like, championship teams? How close they are. What they're willing to do for each other. You, We all watched the Jordan doc. We watched the last dance. There was nothing those players wouldn't have done for each other. At, and at the end of the day, like, if, if half your team is choosing not to play... Like how? What does that say about their team camaraderie? What does that say about them, you know, being there for each other? I, I just don't. I don't agree with this at all. I mean, this is a special circumstance that has impacted a lot of people in a lot of different ways. You know, there have been a good amount of players who have either contracted COVID themselves <coughs> or know a lot of people, um, especially family members that have contracted it, and some have passed away. And so you know, we had, you know, Rose Namajunas in the UFC pull out of UFC 250 or 249 at that point uh, because her, I believe, grandmother or mother uh, contracted COVID-19 and passed away uh, due to it. And, you know, everybody was fine with that. I don't think there should be um, any different reaction from NBA fans if a player has, um, you know, suffered the same, uh, suffered in the same way and doesn't want to put themselves in harm's way if they think staying in quarantine is best for themselves. I, I just don't think that you can... It's, it's looking bad to your teammates that you're not, you know, playing along, you're not part of the team. But you again, know, you, this, you is, have this to, is their livelihood, right? So you're, you're. But this is bigger than sports. What it's COVID-19 not sports. Is, it's it's just livelihood. It's it's being able to live. You know, it might be nice for some of these players with multi-million dollar per year contracts to to say you know what I don't need to work but what about the guys at the end of the bench what about the the guys that are you know are not dressing for each game they're they're 12 through 15 on the roster those guys aren't making a whole hell of a lot of money and and I, like if the, you know you're telling them that they they can't go to work or or that you know they have to do something different it's just you're not there for them and you, I I see it being a bad a coworker, a bad teammate, and just like a bad overall employee. I just I don't think they are any different from anybody else who is unemployed or furloughed at this moment. You know, they can if they're struggling for money. But they're not fine. unemployed. They're not furloughed. Their 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 company is in action. They are their they, company not, is working. They, but they were put on pause. They can they are eligible for unemployment if they need the right. money that bad. Which they don't because I think they're make they, you know most of them are you know paid well enough that they'll be fine. If not, I'm sure they have teammates who are willing to help them out. Yeah, you know, I'm sure their their owners would be able to you know front them some money or you know pay them in advance or something. They could work something out. You know that's not against the rules. You know they they can you know get some monetary or financial help in that way. But in for the most part. These players, especially the ones who were saying they don't want to play because they have issues playing with COVID still around, they don't have financial issues. They don't need to worry about money, and it's it's not this. It's not about money for the players who do want to play. You know that everybody has their own circumstances of why they do or do not want to play. It, it you gotta just respect their decision. You, there's nothing more to it. There, there's not 
anything you can do to really persuade them to go one way or another. Everybody's got their mind made up whether they want to say so or not. No, I, I, I think my biggest qualm is that, again, you know, you're, you're letting teammates down, you're letting, you know, the your uh, company down, and overall, like, you know, people are fighting for this chance to, to, to be where you are, and you're t- turning it down. And and overall, right, we're, we're talking about, you know, players coming back and, um, you know, pl- playing the, the sport of basketball. Ky- it's led by Kyrie Irving, and I know we've talked about this already, but Kyrie Irving is not one of those players who's playing. It's it's like if, uh, you know, somebody from the New York Knicks was leading the charge. They're, they wouldn't be playing anyway, so what's the point, right? What's the point of them saying anything? Like, just go about your business. I, I don't think we're so close to the finish line. I can't imagine that, it, you know, this person needed to say something and start, you know, getting people all riled up. And now, you know, it's in danger of not even happening. I, I don't think the, the result or the outcome would be any different if he were to stay quiet. What Kyrie did didn't have an impact on a lot of players, whether you think so or not. Eighty you know, plus players are are possibly refusing to play. That didn't happen before he said a word. You know, but some were on the fringe, and you know, it, it maybe there needs to be somebody that speaks up for you know why they should play. But there appears to be nobody, and maybe that's a sign that there is nobody that uh, of uh, you know high you know of high standard that wants to uh, participate in these events in these games maybe maybe it is you know the that maybe that'll uh, you know hold this back we don't know you know i the the nba has to work this out adam silver needs to work this out with the players i'm sure chris paul and Adam Silver have been in lengthy discussions and they've been getting together leaders of, you know, different teams to to get a feel of how they can move on because they need to start practicing soon. You know, they're about to be shipped out. Uh, you know, they need to be in Orlando in two weeks if they want to start on time at the end of July. You know, they need to be there in th- for uh, three weeks just to quarantine. Right. So there, there isn't much time to figure this out. And, you know, I, I don't know what it's going to take. Is it going to take... Uh, you know, higher safety. Uh, are they going to have to increase the safety of the players? Um, are they going to? But y- you know, you can't put too many restrictions on them because they still have to live their lives. You can't say you can't leave the Disney grounds. You can't go outside uh, of these walls for two months. You can't do that to these players. They're 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 adults. They're human beings. They can make their own decisions. No, you you uh, can do that as part of as part of this coming back. Like. There, there are always stipulations if, if you know. I, stuff like that is also going to push players in the wrong direction. I mean, they've it, already said that the park isn't open to players or their families. Their families aren't allowed into the into the games. I mean, that they they've already made a lot of these rules, you know, well known. You know, I don't know exactly what the NBA can do to ensure to the players who don't want to play that they are safe. They're, they're, you can't guarantee anything. You know, COVID has struck in many different ways, and sometimes there is no way of avoiding it. It just happens. And, you know, one, once it gets in, then pretty much everybody's infected because of basketball. You're on top of each other constantly, you know, and it's going to travel fast. I, I think there is a higher chance 
of um, an outbreak within the NBA, if they do bring back basketball, than not having an outbreak. I'd be very shocked if they were able to go the entire two, two and a half month uh, season without anybody contracting it and spreading it to other players. That would be extremely impressive, but highly unlikely. And so I, I understand where some of these players are coming from. You know, they if they were to contract it hypothetically, most of them would probably be asymptomatic because they are professional athletes. They are in great condition, um, but you never know what could happen. There, you know, freak accidents happen all the time, and you just don't want to leave something up to chance if you have a, a, a way to control it, a way to prevent it. And I think this is one of those situations where the players know they can prevent it by not playing. And just waiting, you know, if they don't move on with the season now, then we get to start back up in October. If if everything is back to normal or semi-back to normal, then we don't have to wait until December to start the new season. You know, we we can start it on time as planned and just let this whole thing go. I I just think you're opening Pandora's box for this to be a recurring issue where players can now take on take the stance of well you know even in October because uh, per the CDC and you know the WHO uh, they don't expect this to be completely gone by then they don't expect it to be gone until at least next year minimum right so we're we're taking a look at that and saying you know what if they don't want to play in October now what are are we going to use the same arguments I think to that's keep a diff- why is that different? It's the same exact stance. It's the same exact uh, spot that we're in now. I mean, we can't really, you know, foresee the future that far in advance. Anything can happen because, you know, they said, you know, COVID was going to be a lot worse than it was. You know, everybody's just making educated guesses. This is something brand new that, you know, we don't even have a cure for it yet. Uh, so we're still we're still learning about it. And so these are all just hypotheticals. You know, there is a chance, hey, these spikes in, um, you know, Texas and Florida and some of these other states have been, you know, just, um, you know, and they might be an anomaly. They, they could just, you know, we're seeing with the riots, I hate to bring it up, but, you know, we haven't heard of any huge outbreaks in some of these states that have had these protests um, uh, of that's COVID. because it could also lay dormant for up to uh, for up to or more than two weeks. So what, right, you know, and, we sh- and we're approaching that two week mark uh, from the start of the protests. I think that you know we're we're going to see that we're uh, p- people adapt very rapidly, and I think a lot of people their their immune system and their body are adjusting to COVID and, and know how to handle it or are well-equipped to handle it. And I think, especially for players, that they'll they'll come around to the fact that, hey, there hasn't been going on, anything hasn't happened in months, and we will be able to perform our duties just fine without the risk of um, contracting this um, disease. Uh, I think they'll, I, I they'll want- get to that point. I just don't think that point is now. For a lot of these guys, oh, I I just I want to bring it back to where we started, and you know, eighty plus pl- NBA players refusing to play to me is just 
it's just one of those things where you're you're but setting you really a precedent. Think- Hold on, you're setting a precedent, and you're you're going down a, a dark hole that you may not be able to get back from out of. What were you saying? Do you, do you really think that was caused by one player? Do you really think Kyrie Irving convinced seventy nine other? Players? I think he was the. I think he was the straw that broke the camel's back. I think people felt that way, but they weren't willing to say anything. I think they were going to just go on about their business and do their thing. And you know what? Sometimes it's just that it's just easier if that if that's the case. You know, I understand that. You know, he's a person and he has a voice, and I I I want him to speak his his voice. But when he's talking about something that's not going to affect him, when it has nothing to do with him specifically, he's just creating problems for other people. And that's where I find the issue, is that he he started speaking on something that, like, he he doesn't even have to go to Orlando. He's not playing. He's done. His season's over. The, the Nets have made that very clear, okay? And, and if it was, you know... If it was anybody else, LeBron James. If LeBron James said it, I think my stance might have been a little different. But the, to to be someone who has already tr- created a, a stir in the NBA once, you know, multiple times before, um, you know, and somebody who is just he's looking to get a rise out of people, um, and, and it doesn't affect him at all. It's it's like you know starting a fire and walking away and not caring what happens afterward. That that's what I see from Kyrie Irving, and it, that's why I, I took the stance that I did. I just I don't appreciate what he did. I still think we'd see a lot of players, maybe not eighty plus players, but we'd see most of these players still say, "I'm not comfortable playing." What with COVID, you know, still very prevalent. I think that, you know, we would see more than half of those players sitting out still, no matter who says something or who doesn't say something. They're all talking. They all have their inner connections, their inner networks that they they talk to each other. It doesn't all have to be on social media out in the public. A lot of the players, you know, your teammates, you're, you're texting back and forth privately, and you're talking about these things. How do you feel about this? How has it affected you? You know, what, what, you know are, you actually, are you really comfortable? I'm on the fringe, you know. And... You know, I, I, I think if a lot of these players, I'm sure they're all grouped up on the same team. You know, if, if we, if there are a lot of, you know, teammates that want to sit this one out, then maybe just remove the team and add a supplement team or just move on without them completely. Open up another playoff spot um, for one of the other teams to, to fill. You know, I'm sure the NBA can work around it. They just need to... Get, get a good grip on who doesn't want to be here, how many players from the same team are, uh, you know, don't want to play, and then they have to decide whether or not that team is um, eligible to continue on with the season or if they vacate their position. Uh, we'll have to see how the, how the NBA handles this and, you know, how things are going. Like you said, we're three weeks out from you know what is supposed the supposed start of the restart from from the NBA season and uh at this point I don't really well, know we've got we've got 2 weeks until they have to fly out to Orlando right so we'll, we'll see how everything goes at this point I'm not I'm not too sure how that how that's going to go um all right let let's move on um we'll, we'll we can pick that up uh next week if we want to talk more about it um so, 
it looks like the NBA season's going to happen, but what looks like won't happen is the baseball season. After some optimism early on, uh, a couple weeks back, I think, you know, uh, part of our discussion was about how baseball might be the first the first sport back, um, you know, and, you know, the players were working really hard with owners to try to get uh, a proposition filled, and they, they got one in, and uh, last week reported that, uh, you know, that the owners basically said no, and then they offered a second pr- uh, proposal, the, uh, and it the, they said no again. And here we are, um, you know, Rob Manfred had previously said that there is 100% chance we see baseball in 2020. Uh, that was just just over, about a week ago. And then um, the, earlier this week, he said he's not confident that baseball will return this year. Uh, Nick, what the hell is Rob Manfred doing? Rob Manfred's an absolute idiot. You know, this is just, he's as stupid as he was when he said that the World Series... Uh, you know the trophy, the trophy is, is just, just a, piece a piece of metal. metal. Yeah, he's he, he's still showing how much of an idiot he is, and I think that you know whenever his I don't know when his contract's up, he's not getting renewed as the commissioner. You know whoever's next in line better get prepared to uh, deal with these issues, because um, Rob Manfred's time is limited. But you know what there are, I I'm still sticking to my you know my theory. They didn't want to approve the 114 game uh, season. That was just showing you that they weren't going to approve anything. I don't care what your you know they they had thought of ideas months before and nothing was even brought to the table. This was brought to the table, shot down right away. They're thinking about an 89 game schedule. I don't care if it's brought to the table; it's going to get shot down right away. Yeah, you know, there there is nothing that the owners or league want to deal with. You know they they don't want to. You know, deal with paying these players a prorated salary or um, dealing with TV rights, paying these teams some money so they can pay their players. Um, and then, you know, even if the MLB were to bring back the season, now you're running into the same issue the NBA has. All right, the NBA, the MLB season has been brought back, you know, 89 game season, say, hypothetically. Do, now the players have to decide whether they want to come back. How many of them are going to say, I don't want to play? We've already heard from some of those players. Again, Bryce Harper, Nolan Arenado, a lot of the big-name players have already said that they don't feel like it's in their best interest to play. And I had the same criticism that I had for Kyrie Irving toward Bryce Harper and Nolan Arenado, just so everyone is clear. <laughs> yeah, I so I just think that they're... Rob Manfred is trying to mitigate that risk of, you know, getting optimistic about a season and then the players kind of ruining it. And, you know, if he wants to take that burden on, that's fine. He's doing it in the worst way possible by saying, I don't think the season's going to happen. I I don't think that's the best way of doing it. You need to kind of make an effort to, to make the season happen and then let the players, um, you know, make their decision just like Adam Silver's doing. I think you need to follow that approach. But Rob Manfred in general is just an absolute idiot and needs to be removed from his position. You know, he, he has no um, grip on how the players feel, how the organizations feel, and how, how the fans feel. 
Um, yeah, I wanna. It's just time. I wanna address uh, a quote, and I'm I'm gonna look away from the camera for a sec just so I can read it. So many of you who who follow sports and follow you know ESPN and baseball know who Keith Olbermann is, and for those of you who don't, he's a he's a highly touted uh, ESPN studio host he's got his own show and uh he he's very uh intuitive about baseball and um you know overall he, he's just a very smart person he was on the rich eisen show uh earlier this uh i believe this was this week or maybe possibly even today um he said uh if there's no sports played this year what will be remembered of baseball what will be remembered of baseball is the Astro scandal and how the owners tried to take financial advantage of a pandemic and fired their scouts and cut their minor league players and did not in a business where the franchises are worth a combined $55 billion, billion with a B, could not spend the money on the people who ordinarily would work the games and then this genius move. One thing you have to understand is whereas everybody else in the world but about 31 guys look at this and says, you really have managed to find the worst thing you could do at the worst possible moment you could do it. The baseball owners and Rob Manfred think they are having tremendous success right now. They don't see things the way everybody else does. Keith Olbermann went on to say that Rob Manfred is holding Major League Baseball hostage, and I don't think I could have put it any better myself. I mean, the fact of the matter is that Rob Manfred has a vice grip on the entire sport, and he's killing it. The, the sport itself was already underwater, and now he's just forcing it under even further. He's drowning what is left of, of the fanship, of people who were interested in, you know, being, being part of the sport. Anything about it, it you know, it's just, it's gone. The, if you look at any of the statistics about fanship in, in baseball they by far have the highest age uh, of demographic of fans and it's and it's it keeps climbing because the younger generations don't care about baseball they're watching football they're watching basketball and that's what they care about that bridges their entire year together right there so they don't care about baseball anymore um, Rob Manfred and the owners it's not just him it is the owners because he is the owner's puppet um the owners are have let go of everybody that's not a major league player they fired all their scouts they're not paying people they're saving money everywhere they can and they're refusing to pay players uh even even though they would make some money they're not going to make enough to make it worth their while and i think this is an absolute abomination that we have to deal with as sports fans and overall as human beings i mean the fact of the matter is that so many people lost their jobs and the billionaire owners don't b believe that it's worth their while to rehire those people get the sport back to where it was and uh you know kind of start moving things forward that because it's not going to make them enough money it'll make them some money but not enough for their for their trouble that's where i have an issue and i i, I just think that this is going to be the end of baseball. This is the beginning of the end for the sport of baseball uh, as a major league sport. I don't think that the sport of baseball is going anywhere anytime soon. It needs to be revamped. It needs to be reformed. They need to change the way it is played, the speed at which it's played, the the rules, everything behind it. Get rid of the, you know, they, uh, up, umpires need to be updated, everything. They need to just revamp it completely. They need to start... You know, testing some new ideas out 
in the lower leagues, in the AAA, the AA, single A. You can't know, do that you when to, you fired all the players. When, when you've gotten rid of the minor leagues, can't do that anymore. It's not like you know baseball is just going to be you know gone right away. You know there there's going to be plenty of time to test new new ideas, but it's not going to happen while Rob Manfred is still the commissioner of the MLB. You know he he is he is taking the the blow for the owners, like you said he is the puppet for them, and and he is taking their you know he's taking all of the blow he he's not letting any of the backlash go on to the to the owners. He he is making these statements and, and just saying, "Hey, look at me! Don't look over there at them." You know, it, it, this is my doing, not theirs. And well, that, so I mean, but that's I, th- his job. That helps. Though that that helps his him save face with the owners. Hey, you saved my back. I'm gonna help you out when it comes to your uh, your contract negotiations. You know, if we want to bring you back. You know, the, the owners are the ones who decide whether he stays commissioner or not. Right, and that's why somebody like Roger Goodell has stayed in power in the NFL is because the owners like him, but nobody else does. The players don't, the fans don't. They don't. They they hate him. I mean, you know, look at how much money Dave Portnoy uh, from Barstool spent on uh, the possibility of spending a Sunday with Roger Goodell just just to give him shit. Right. That that's exactly what what you know people are doing like that's rob manfred if he i can't even imagine what that would sell for for somebody to spend an entire day watching baseball and just giving him shit like i i at this point i i don't really like i i do truly and i I hate to say it but i truly believe this is the beginning of the end for the for the sport of baseball i think it is going to fall below the depths of where hockey is right now in the in the United States, I don't think it's going to be gone as a major league sport ever. But I do think that it is going to fall by the wayside, and it'll just become like a you know a second or third tier sport that people think about anymore. Uh, I just I can't see it reclaiming anywhere near a top spot anymore. I I still you know I think that there's a lot of things that speak to the younger generation. You you've got. The, these giant athletes um, in the in the MLB who are making big money playing for these iconic teams with these great histories, you know everybody wants a lot of players want to be a part of that. A lot of the young generation want to be a part of that, and and I think that that will keep driving interest into the MLB, but they still you know they they will end up revamping the game at some point or another to be more like the other sports you know they they need to be uh it needs to be shorter and fat more fast paced right um, but so let me ask you this how like what gives you the the thought that those owners have the mental capacity to think that they need to modernize the sport because they haven't shown well, me it's a lick take of a new- evidence oh, they haven't shown me a lick of evidence that says that they they understand that the this is a sinking ship and they need to fix it it's going to take a new influx of uh, new owners. You know, I'll, you know, I'm not I'm not going to talk too much into this, but a lot of these owners are old white men. You know, they're they're not around forever. The teams are going to get passed on to their children or to new new owners who want to make change. You know, we've seen in the NBA new owners come in and want to make change right away. They're putting money into their teams. Same thing in the M- uh, NFL. These, like, these new owners put money into their team. They put money into the, the, the cities. 
they, they want to make change. They're big voices um, within the owners. Um, they, they, they come in there, and they're ready to uh, knock some heads to, to get some real change made. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to happen in the MLB. We're going to get a, a huge influx of new owners at the same time. That's just and that their voices combined will create a lot of change. The only problem change. I see with that is that I don't see a team like the Yankees being able to be sold, right? The Steinbrenners aren't letting go of that. I don't see John Henry giving up the Red Sox. I don't see the the ownership group giving up control of the Dodgers. Uh, an ownership group, mind you, that's has Magic Johnson on the grouping. I, I don't like. There's no part of that that says you know. Like if he's been, no, but it, it's, he's been silenced basically trying to revamp it. I, I don't know. I think it's a black hole for for new new voices. I don't see any possibility for somebody to come in and create change because they have such a systematic culture in the ownership area of baseball that I don't think any any singular person can come in and make change. And these teams aren't going to be sold. The, the the major teams that people care about are not going to be sold. I think that it only takes one or two voices that are going to push past the barriers and get just like Kyrie's doing with some of these players, according to you, you know, he's getting in the heads of other players and forcing them to think a certain way. All it takes is a couple owners to keep speaking out over and over and over. But that's what to, I'm saying. To Baseball get in the heads of these other that. owners. But it will in due time. It's just, it's a process. It's a process, but no teams are up for sale. Nobody's looking to sell. And the problem is, is that there's like, how long do you have to wait before? But the, like you said, the ships you know, we, we have Magic Johnson is a part owner for the Dodgers. Derek Jeter, part owner for the Marlins. He sold we've off got, that entire team. Congratulations. But we've got these player people who have either played the game. Aaron, A-Rod is possibly the new owner of the Mets. You know, that, that might take place soon. Um, you know, that's been put on hold, but who knows? If you get owners that were either players or uh, people who were in other sports, they know what they want. They, they know what needs to happen. They played the game. They understand what changes need to be made. If you get more of those people in there, they're going to start making some noise. And I know if, if someone brand new were to come in right now and start making noise in six months, you'd see Derek Jeter, A-Rod, Magic, Bunch of other Are you telling me that if somebody bought the Seattle Mariners, that they would be taken seriously by the Steinbrenners and by John Henry and all of the major owners that are throughout baseball? Yeah, I mean, no. what if it's... Uh, no. no. It depends on who the person no. is. What if... Unless it's think... Drake buying the Toronto Blue Jays, this ain't happening. What if it's um, uh, the, the owner of, of uh, Amazon? Who's Jeff Bezos? Jeff Bezos, who's you know a Seattle native, wants to bring back the Supersonics. Uh, you He's know, not going to do a damn thing. Out? He's going to hire somebody else to manage it. That's the problem. I, I don't know. He is a true sports fan. He's a huge sports fan. He's no Steve Ballmer, Nick. He's not. He's not going to come in and just revolutionize an entire franchise and then cr- help create change league wide. I mean, I just I think don't it, see that happening. I would if if Bezos was an owner, I'd put him in the same light as Balmer or Cuban, you know, one of these guys that's gonna make noise no matter what the consequences are. Just, I mean, he's the richest but, man in the world. He can say whatever he wants. He yeah. doesn't care what the fine you're, is. You're talking, yeah, you're talking about Jeff Bezos, like you know, if it's he is one person out of 
millions that could possibly take take over. And if it's but not he's him, someone no, who is likely to buy a team at some point. So if I give you him and say, okay, maybe him, who else can make change that can come into an ownership spot? Because I don't know anybody who is going to be... Again, you don't understand the clout that is being held. Again, I'm going to reiterate the same names over and over again. John Henry of the Boston Red Sox, the Steinbrenner family of the New York Yankees. Those guys have held major positions, and they are widely respected throughout the ownership uh, aura uh, of Major League Baseball. And what they say matters. Just because somebody comes in doesn't mean that they automatically have, you know, a major say in what's going on. That's why you need somebody that's as big as the sport or bigger. Like like I said, Drake owning the Toronto Blue Jays. Or if you, you know, uh, uh, Jeff Bezos owning the Seattle Mariners. Like somebody like that, maybe. I, I just don't think that Major League Baseball has the type of pull to get some of those guys in there right now. I think there's definitely um, room for that, and I think that will happen. I guarantee if Bezos were to step in today and buy the Mar- the um, Mariners, that he could create any change he wants. He is an iconic figure in today's society, and anybody who's anybody, especially these owners who are billionaires, you know, they're going to listen to a guy like that because he's superior to them. You know, he is bigger than them, and they're going to want to be on his good side because they know that he can improve their lives in many more ways other than baseball. And if he is preaching change in the sport of baseball with his success rate, you know that he's onto something and you need to get on board with him. You know, a lot of uh, any anybody, you know, Steve Ballmer was what worth eighty billion? Probably is worth eighty billion dollars. You know, th- this guy overpaid for a team and, and came in and, and made some ch- you know changes right away. He changed the culture in uh, for the Clippers. You know, he I mean, he needed to, he needed to create a change in culture. That was a toxic culture created over there. But you know, th- not like the, the NBA doesn't need to change as rapidly as the the MLB does, but if it needed to be, they have owners who would do that. But look and what happened It eventually will happen. It eventually will happen with the MLB. Look what happened with the NBA, though. They have now become the clear-cut frontrunner to challenge the NFL for top major sport in the, in the United States, right? And almost worldwide, right? They're up there. Like, worldwide, they, they lead. Uh, besides soccer, it, it goes soccer or football and then NBA right underneath them. But the, the problem with soccer is that it's split into so many different categories throughout different countries and different leagues and whatever. The whole world can focus on the NBA. E- like everybody in the world knows who LeBron James is, Kobe Bryant is. Like those are household names. Rest in peace, Kobe. Like those are things that, you know, Major League Baseball can't attain. You know, p- p- people just don't care anymore about the sport, and I, I, I just think there that Rob Manfred is that. just dunking the head underwater at this point. But me and you both know that there are easy ways of changing that, reducing the game, uh, the number of games played. You it's easy on paper, but it's not easy the... to get done. But you got to start. You know, it it will happen. It's just. 
Things take time. Change doesn't happen overnight. I just might be a pessimistic person, but I truly do not believe that these changes will happen in my lifetime. I just don't. I've, they're going to happen within the next 10 years. I doubt it. We're going to see at least two or three new owners within the next 10 years, and I guarantee at least one of them is going to you know, talk and, and speak out and, and start the, the change. I, I think that's going to be a huge, um, you know, I think that's going to be huge in sports moving forward. You know, we're seeing it in the NFL. You know, people are, you know, a lot of these owners are getting on board with their, their players and agreeing with them and, and listening to them to see how they can make changes in in the game and outside of the game. And um, I think that's going to start branching out into other sports. I think that's going to... So, you know, have a ripple effect. I think it, it it just takes time. You can't just want it to happen tomorrow and expect it to happen and be upset if it doesn't. You, you got to just, you know, wait for, you know, kind of sit back and, and wait for it. You can't be too urgent or eager about it. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I like I said, I think Rob Manfred has literally taken the sport of baseball given it a chokehold, smacked it on the head, and dunked its head under the lake. He's doing what he has to to uh, you know, save keep his, his job. St- stay in the good graces of the owners, yeah. Um, all right, let's move forward. Um, there, there's a, a slight change to the end of our show. So um, right now, uh, let's move on to the next topic. We have uh, the NFL announced today that the Pro Bowl – uh, which has spent the last four years in Orlando. Previously, it was at Honolulu Stadium in Hawaii. Um, it'll now be in Las Vegas, and uh, I'm not sure. Maybe you can answer this. Is this for 2020 only, or did they say for moving forward? So, I this is moving forward. To That's my what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, th- this is this is really interesting. I mean. In Orlando, the last few years, last four years to be exact, it's kind of been a nightmare. You know, you're you're out there, you're playing, um, you're there for a week pretty much as the players, uh, playing all these mini games, and then and then you're playing this game. The Pro Bowl's been kind of a joke for a, a while, and I I think last year they increased the money for for uh, the team that wins. And so that that increased the uh, co- competitiveness amongst the players, but you know we're we're still talking about the best of the best, and they're obviously getting paid a ton of money and don't care about you know a couple hundred thousand dollars that much. It's going to go to charity, you know, for the most part. But you know we're we're, we're talking about the the um, Pro Bowl moving to Las Vegas, which is really really interesting because. Vegas opens up a lot of opportunities to do other things to to improve the 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 the, the event as a whole because not only are fans going to go to Vegas to watch the game to be a part of the activities but it's also Vegas you get to be in the um uh casinos you get to be a part of that nightlife go to the strip you know people go to Vegas all the time without a pro bowl but I think that's going to improve the quality of the event. A lot of more, a lot more players are going to want to go to 
Las Vegas to play because it, it, it's a new place, it's exciting, and, and Vegas is always fun for, for most people. I, so I think that that's going to definitely help them. I, I, li- I like this move. I think it's great. And it's great for the, the Raiders because it gets more traction for them on their new stadium that costs, what, $3 billion, something around there. Um, so I, I think that this will be a great site for them. I think that moving it away from Honolulu was a terrible idea uh, because it gave a lot of the the – um, pro bowlers, something to look forward to. No one really wants to go to Orlando, especially if you're a Dolphin or a Jaguar. Or, um, you know, this this is um, it's something new and exciting, and I think it being in Las Vegas adds a new element to the entire event. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say that you know it's cool that the NFL is moving into Las Vegas. I'm also going to say who gives a shit. And I, I say that with all due respect uh, to you, who put a lot of time into what you just said, but also, um, you know, who cares about the Pro Bowl anymore, you know? The players don't care about the Pro Bowl, and it shows on the field. If you Have you watched any of the Pro Bowls in the last few years? They have been god-awful games uh, with players that don't want to be there. I mean, hell, the most noteworthy thing to happen in the last few Pro Bowls is Jamal Adams tackling the Patriots' mascot on the sideline. Wahoo! Like, literally, nobody cares about the Pro Bowl because they don't want to play it. I think they need to change the entire format, create, make it just like a fun weekend, do like an inverted type of football where, you know, wide receivers are linemen and, you know, it's a flag football game with... Uh, offensive and defensive linemen being receivers and corners and that like that could be fun you know that I would watch do something different gotta change the game going to Las Vegas changing the venue I don't think it's gonna get a lot of people to watch it I just I don't think enough people care about you know a football game that doesn't mean a damn thing you know when you look at MLB All-Star Weekend right there there's a lot riding on what happens in that in the all-star game you know who's going to host the the world series right is it going to be you know uh home for nl for four games or home for al for four games there's a lot riding on that right so now now it gives people a reason to root and to pay attention and to actually and for the players to actually try in the game uh in the nba you have you know players who the, the players who do choose to play end up putting on a damn show. I mean, it, it becomes a dunk contest and a three-point contest, but it is so fun to watch. I I don't need to see, you know, some defensive end coming around and sacking the quarterback, and he's like, oh, darn, I went down, and not caring that, you know, he didn't get the ball off in time. Overall, I, I just, you know, Las Vegas is cool, but overall, like, the Pro Bowl means nothing to me anymore. I think it's just a show. I don't think it's as much about the audience on TV as it is about getting more people to come to the event. How many, you know, when you have watched the Pro Bowl in the past, how many people are in the stands? You know, 50%, maybe a little bit more. It's never full, never packed. It wasn't Hawaii. I think it, well, that's, a, that's different, yeah. Because Hawaii is a, a vacation destination for a lot of people, and, you know, that, that gets a lot more people, you know, a lot of the players bring in a lot of their family. People want to travel there because 
you know, it, it's a stadium that gets played in once a, once a year. Uh, and then, like I said, with Vegas, it's, um, you know, a tourist destination in, on its own. People go there to be in Hawaii. People go to Vegas to be in Vegas. And I think they're bringing that aspect back to it without going back to Hawaii. You know, you're still going to go to Vegas for um, for other uh, things rather than, than football. But now this event gives you the opportunity, gives the um, the entire city the opportunity to... Um, to, you know, gives them football, gives them casinos, gives them nightlife, gives them these extracurricular activities um, earlier in the week with, with the, the smaller events they do. So the, it, it's just, it creates like this week of fun on top of more fun with what Vegas already has to, to offer. And so there, there's, there's more reason for a fan to go to Vegas to watch the Pro Bowl than there is to go to Orlando, you know, a lot, a lot of these people who are going to travel to see the Pro Bowl aren't going to want to go to Disney World, you know, for the most part. They'd rather go to a casino, go see a show, go, um, you know, hang out at you know, one of these iconic places. You know, Vegas is chock full of, you know, replica um, monuments from around the world. And I think that, that that's a huge draw. Um, uh, but now you, you get to enjoy that alongside uh, different events going on all week long. And I think that that's just – it adds to the draw for the players uh, – for, well, for the players and for the fans. I think that it, it's, it's more about the people in attendance than it is for the people at home. I still don't think it, anybody gives a damn At least, you know, hey, I'm, I would be a lot more intrigued. I'd be more enticed to go to Vegas to watch the Pro Bowl than I would to go to Orlando. Yeah, I, again, I just... You're not going to go to Vegas to go to the Pro Bowl. You'll go to Vegas, and if the Pro Bowl's happening, maybe you'll st- you'll buy tickets. Otherwise, again, th- nobody cares about the Pro Bowl. I, like, I don't... I don't... I would rather go see, like, the, the different uh, skill competitions that they run earlier in the week than I would the actual Pro Bowl game. Like, that's what I would like to see. I think they... They really need to redevelop that aspect of the the sport. Again, that's the that's the week that bridges the uh, championship games to the Super Bowl. So, like people, a lot of people just use it as a break from football before the Super Bowl, right? It's their it's the last weekend preparation Super Bowl, and then you know the the football season's over. Um, I just I I don't know. To me, this was it was I was like, oh, that's cool, but like I I just again. You're never going to get rid of the actual game. You know, that's like the NBA saying, hey, we're going to keep the dunk contest and the three-point contest and the skills contest, but not the actual all-star game. Yeah, but people tune in for, again, people tune in for that. People don't care about the Pro Bowl anymore. They just don't. Yeah, they have, you know, you're not, I mean, it's a different aspect. I mean, it's it's different for the NBA and, and for the NFL. Um, I think the NFL is going to, now that it's in Vegas, they're going to do a better job of promoting the smaller events that go on. I think that that's going to be a bigger highlight. It's been bigger each year that they've been doing it. It's only been going on for like three years now that they've had these smaller uh, smaller games going on uh, or you know, smaller competitions, whatever you want to call them. Um, uh, but I, I, I just think the NFL is going to see bigger revenue and bigger um, – 
attractiveness from fans now that they're in Vegas for the Pro Bowl. We'll have to see. Um, we we had another topic to, to end the show. Um, I'm going to just kind of gloss over it and uh, go to... We, we have some... I don't want to say breaking news, but uh, definitely some brand new news that I feel like we should go over, right? Uh, you know, because we, we talked about it extensively at the beginning of the show, right? So, uh, a New York, um, uh, let me see who it was. It was the, the New York Daily News uh, reported that Kyrie Irving suggested NBA players in a group text start their own league instead of going back with the NBA restart. Um, now, I looked at it, and I was I dismissed it as, like, whatever, that's just talk. And then, over, apparently, he's got a lot of traction with a lot of NBA players who are willing to walk out on the NBA, including uh, it's, uh, it's Kyrie Irving and Avery Bradley leading this charge um, with a lot of other players um, to help organize a player coalition in an effort to give a voice to anyone who is reluctant to speak out about concerns uh, about the league's... Um, you know, ability to restart. It's not just COVID related. It's also about the Black Lives Matter movement. They want to make sure that the the NBA restart is not overshadowing everything that's happening in, with, with the Black Lives Matter movement. So they want to start their own league and start their and and basically do a uh, a walkout in, uh, as part of the Black Lives Matter protests um, as players create their own league and then put on a show that would directly benefit the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and there's going to be more information that comes out from this, but this is just a raw reaction. This is the news right that's happening right now. I'm, I'm reading it uh, from ESPN. Uh, Shams Charania uh, um, has also uh, posted on Twitter about it. Um, Nick, what do, you, what do you think about the possibility that Kyrie Irving and... and uh, Avery Bradley could start a new league. I I mean I I don't think it's possible. I think they're, you know, there's somewhere in their contract that doesn't allow them to compete against the uh, association they're already in. You know, you you can't uh, start a competing um, basketball league uh, with the NBA. That's just there, I, I know that it's got to be in there somewhere. And so I think this is all, it's just a bunch of talk. Um, and I think this is one way that Kyrie Irving and Avery Bradley and others are using their platform to make change in their own way. Uh, I don't think it's the most productive way. It doesn't seem like it, it's going to lead to anything more than a lot of annoyed fans, <laughs> NBA fans. Because you're you're holding it back for for reasons other than COVID, um, but you know I think right now I'm just gonna take it as talk. I'm not gonna take it as anything more than that. I don't think this is gonna form into anything. It, it it's you know they don't have any infrastructure to put to do something like this unless they're gonna play pickup basketball at Rucker Park. Right. Um. I I just there there's no real way and and what change would come of it are you going to donate all the proceeds to black lives matter like what what Possibly. what's the real the the funny part is that you said 
this would have to take place at Rucker Park, and that's exactly what I thought of when I thought when I first heard this. I was like, "Wow, there's really gonna be like a an organized basketball <laughs> at, at Rucker Park. This is kind of crazy." Uh, for those of you who don't know what Rucker Park is, Rucker Park is a very famous park in uh, Harlem, New York, that is um, most known for uh, famous basketball players just kind of shooting with. Uh, people who play pickup games there's very there's very uh active and very competitive games that happen there and they have uh, bleachers for an audience and you know they take pride in the basketball that they play over there it's it's quite the sight to be seen and uh um you know i've seen plenty of videos throughout the internet and uh, i i do hope to get get there one day and 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 truly watch it um i've tried many times but nobody was playing those days um so it'll be interesting but um I want to read a statement that the NBA came out with in response to Kyrie Irving in this this whole message that that happened. Um, This is uh, straight from Adam Silver's office. Uh, A central goal of our season restart will be to utilize the NBA's platform to bring attention and sustained action to issues of social injustice, including combating systemic racism, expanding educational and economic opportunities across the black community, enacting meaningful police and criminal justice reform, and promoting greater civic engagement. We are in discussions with the Players Association to develop a comprehensive strategy on how the NBA, its teams, and players can best address these important social issues and uniquely position our league to drive action and create meaningful and generational change. So this is in response to the report that I just talked about. Uh, the New York Daily News, again, reporting that Kyrie Irving and Avery Bradley had a discussion, a group discussion with multiple players about starting their own league. The NBA has now come out with a statement basically saying that they're going to use the restart to help better, um, to help the uh, Black Lives Matter movement and start creating change. Um, as we've seen, like the NFL has already pledged $250 million dollars uh, over the course of the next 10 years to helping to uh, both the Black Lives Matter and multiple other charities um, that are going to be uh, helping uh, the growth of inner cities and educational programs and so on and so forth. So, um, Nick, uh, once again, I just want your raw reaction. What do you think of the NBA statement here? I mean, I, I this seems like a, an Adam Silver statement right here um this is just who he is he's gonna try to take um a situation that's looking um negative and, and turn it into a positive he's because he he is players first he is all about the players and he's gonna listen to them and he's gonna take their ideas and say hey what your idea really isn't you know possible but i hear you and i'm gonna work with you and other players to adapt your ideas into our game and see how we can make this work. And I think that that's great. I think that that's the front office of the NBA doing a great job of listening to their players and taking immediate action. And I think that's something that a lot of other um, sports need to, to look at and, and start adopting. You need to be more proactive with your players and, and what they're, they're trying to do, what, what changes they're trying to make. Because you... you you're not going to survive without them and you're going to create you know from a business standpoint at least you're, you're going to get a lot more people involved in what you're doing and and what you're selling 
if you start making changes that impact them and stuff that they're passionate about. So if you start, you know, doing stuff that that helps the the players and the fans, then that that that's just great business. Uh, but that's that's just you know being a good person um, and and doing good work overall uh, that the NBA is doing. I think that's great. Uh, I I I think that's a, a a great comeback to what Kyrie was you know came out and said. I think that'll uh, help smooth things over and. Um, it's just gonna add to the to the you know change that we're seeing already the the, sure. the major changes we've seen. I believe I, you know I I said that Kyrie Irving is one who who likes to stir the pot a bit and he he's always been one you know who kind of you know uh, beats to his own drum if you will. Um, I mean that with all due respect to him as well because I I do think that he is doing what he thinks is right and what he thinks is best for him the the black lives matter movement and everything that you know goes in with exactly everything that they're doing um with that being said i I think that at this point this is like the perfect opportunity for him to basically chalk this up as a win and say the nba the commissioner is you know he's working with us he's he's on our side at this point we need to work with him we need to make sure that you know everything that he's doing isn't just talk we're going to put it into action we're going to we're going to work side by side and we're going to do this hand in hand and and you know just overall be be better together um so i i'm very happy uh that adam silver's office came out with this again i I commend adam silver for being the best commissioner in major league sports uh in in major uh sports in the united states and probably throughout the world i I don't know a a better commissioner uh or head of a sport that uh than adam silver i think he has a very difficult job and he makes it almost seem easy um (laughs) just with the decisions he makes and you know, it's kind of like watching a Clydesdale. He's just galloping through the the open fields. Um, so overall, uh, you know, we will see. We'll see. Uh, July thirtieth is the is the pegged date for when the NBA should be starting up in Orlando. We'll see if it happens. We'll see what players are available, what players are playing. Um, you know, all the more reason to stay tuned into our show keep up to date on all of the news and information we, we make sure that we're breaking news on twitter make sure to follow us on twitter uh you'll see us all over the place where we're constantly interacting with fans and uh overall just having good discussions and uh you know anything that's positive and and you know sports centric uh we tend to have very good uh responses and uh lively discussions with that being said, um, I do want to wrap up the show for this week. I'm, I'm so glad that we were able to do this. Uh, thank you all for taking the time to watch to this point. Um, and I hope that uh, we get to see you next week. Uh, with that said, have a good week.